Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist and creator of the Get Well Now and Eat Well Now coaching programs, helping people with chronic illness and persistent symptoms heal themselves with food and the power of the mind and heart. With nearly two decades of experience, I'm so thrilled to bring you some of the top names in health and wellness today on this podcast series. Luminaries like nutritionist J.J. Virgin on healing traumatic brain injuries, uh, Pedram Shojai on helping uh, people with mind and body, Dr. Kim DeRamo, best-selling author of the Mind Body Toolkit, Wynn Claybaugh, author of Be Nice or Else, and owner of the Paul Mitchell Salon Schools, and Chris Wark from Chris Beat Cancer. So please just take a moment here on iTunes to listen and review us, but also please share the show with anybody that you think may benefit. So on today's show, I'm so excited to speak to this wonderful health and wellness expert and nutritionist who's going to answer some questions that we all have about weight loss and why it's not working as well as mindset that's necessary to achieve weight loss. Keep that weight off. So please welcome Lisa Goldberg. Hi, Meg. How are you? I'm well. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, For just a little background on Lisa, Lisa is a nutritionist and weight loss coach with a master's in the in clinical nutrition from NYU. She's a certified nutrition specialist and a certified dietitian nutritionist licensed by the state of New York and certified in adult weight management by the ADA. She's also a personal trainer certified by the American Council on Exercise since 1994 and her coaching programs focus on behavior and mindset change. And I have to say, Lisa, that is a nice, well-rounded <laughs> education you have there um, and experience you have there to help people get well. I'm just really impressed with all of the different things that you do, that you have in your toolbox ready to help other people with. So yes, exactly. There are some basic questions that people ask me all the time, and I know you get them too. And I feel like you can't have too many perspectives on questions like these, but one of the top ones is why don't diets work? Well, you know, Meg, it's it's really because, you know, a diet is something that people go on and then they go off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and you'll, you know, my um, clients always hear me say, you can go on any diet under the sun and if you comply to the diet, you're going to lose the weight. Yep. But if you change the habits and the behaviors that got you to be overweight in the first place, the weight ultimately comes back. And I believe that's why so many people struggle because you go on something, it doesn't matter what kind of diet it is, and oftentimes um, people just cut out carbs or they cut out food groups um, mm-hmm. if they're not following a specific plan, and they'll, they'll lose the weight because they're consuming less calories um, throughout the day. But what happens is if they don't make real lifestyle changes, mm-hmm. if they don't deal with reasons why you know a lot of people are emotional eaters or stress eaters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if that doesn't change because everybody exerts their willpower for X period of time, mm-hmm. you know, and usually the time is for a short period of time and then they just give up because they feel like they can't exert their willpower on a particular day or a particular week. So they're like, what the heck? I ate this, so I may as well just eat everything. And I've flown mm-hmm. my therefore, mm-hmm. you know, 
they hit their goal weight and then yeah. they stop doing whatever they've done to get there mm-hmm. and little those old habits and behaviors that didn't go away and didn't change in their way of thinking their mindset didn't change mm-hmm. so over the course of time the weight ends up coming back and people are just like I don't understand how did the weight come back yeah so that's really where you come in so what kinds of things do you find are underlying these issues and 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 tips that you might have for people to help shift their way of thinking about dieting and food and well I feel like I mean the underlying issue really starts for everybody um you know for different reasons and at different times but often the people that I see you know, things have started when they were young. I One of the questions I ask during my um, initial meeting with clients is, what was food like growing up in your house? Um, oftentimes, I'll work with people whose moms or even dads were always on a diet. Um, my client told me yesterday that her father used to write down every single thing that he ate and the calories that he consumed. He's always on a diet. So, you know, as a, as a grown woman and, and an adult, this is now what she's learned and she's mm-hmm. seen nutritionists before, but you know, oftentimes nutritionists talk about what to take out of your diet, which mm-hmm. leads to feel restricted and deprived. Yes. Um, you know, so, you know, where it starts is different for everybody. And so, but, but there always is some underlying um, relationship okay. with food and eating. And Oftentimes, it's learned when we're younger. Okay. All right. So that's a good thing for people that are listening to think about, you know, how did your family think about food? You know, review that because that might give them some clues, you know, if you're trying to to figure out why you're having this problem. Well, just to, just to kind of like, you know, add, add a, a little bit to that so, sure. was, so people could see kind of how it's passed down. Mm-hmm. The client that I was just speaking about, she has a six-year-old daughter. And she told me just the other day when we were meeting that sometimes her daughter wants to step on the scale because she sees her step on the scale. And, you know, that for a six-year-old, a six-year-old shouldn't even know to weigh herself on a scale. But she sees her mother do it every day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're products of our environment. So, you know, you want to think about, you know, what was food like growing up? I mean, I hear from a lot of people, you know, if it wasn't that kind of relationship that I just described, there's a lot of people that... Food was scarce in their house growing up, or they came from large families, and they were afraid that, you know, they were never going to get enough because they had so many, you know, brothers and sisters. And so now that they're older and they could afford their own food, they eat too much because now food is more abundant. But they remembered what that fear was, you know, and that's an ingrained thing. So, you know, it's it's different for everybody, you know. But those those are the habits and the behaviors and the innate relationship with food that I help people work on changing. And, and that's so interesting because you just wouldn't necessarily think that something like stepping on the scale every day could, you know, be a be a problem for future generations. But I guess it's you know it's so individual, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, you know, for I mean, believe me, in in my office, you could weigh, you could not weigh, you, or you could step on backwards, and only I know what you weigh because. So many, you know, people, especially women, tie their self-esteem to the number on the scale. Yeah, it's true. And and so, you know, when we believe we're either good or bad or, you know, fat or skinny or how we see ourselves and we Mm. accept just the number on the scale. I mean, there are so many women that step on the scale and it dictates their mood for the day. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then, then I, too, I know I find people will basically, well, I'm two pounds up, therefore I'm going to starve myself today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, that 
what does that do to the body? Well, I mean, you mean starving yourself if you're two pounds up or exactly what does that do? Like, well, well, basically, you know, when you starve yourself, it's just, you know, you're there's, there's, you know, the theory that your body goes into famine mode. So when you starve yourself, it's hard to lose weight. It's harder to lose weight by starving yourself than it is to feed yourself the right food in the right amounts Mm -hmm. and move your body a little bit. And so, you know, not only does it set you up metabolically at some point, for a fall, it also sets you up mentally and emotionally for a fall, mm, um, because then you do you 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 tie everything to the number on the scale, and you know that's why I don't want a little girl who's six years old stepping on a scale or being you know so in tune to what she weighs at six years old. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you know I've seen that a lot. It just seems so much more prevalent than I ever remember seeing it, but kids being very aware of weight mm-hmm. you know young children like that it's it's uh you know certainly I never thought about it when I was a kid I was busy playing I, I, I think we've grown into a society where you know there is you no know, especially with the way and how the media has changed with an emphasis on um, on looks and thinness mm-hmm. and the value of uh, they put on you know women especially you know being of a certain body type yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we have we now have the internet where it's kind of like, you know, information overload to a certain degree that we didn't have years and years ago. And I kind of feel like there's so much more of an emphasis put yeah. on, you know, weight and that sort of thing. But, you know, for people who, who struggle with it, it's really for them to figure out how to change that relationship with food and eat to nourish themselves and to be healthy um, and to feel comfortable in their own bodies versus, you know, starving themselves to be a particular number on the scale because they think that's what's going to make them happy. Yeah. Um, and it, it really doesn't. It really kind of chips away at somebody's self-worth. Yeah, that's the newsflash because it doesn't make you happier to have that number. Um, here's a, a big question that I know I get a lot is why do people always regain the weight once they lose it? Well, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think that people, they regain the weight because they don't, one, they don't focus on what caused me to gain the weight in the first place. What were my habits and what were my behaviors? Do I eat after dinner when I'm not hungry? Do I snack all day long? Do I just pop things in my mouth without, you know, noticing? Is it, do I do a lot of mindless eating? Do you know what I mean? Did I, did I, did I go on a diet to lose weight quickly? And now I'm not continuing to do the things, all of the things that I did to lose the weight, I'm not continuing to do those things. So, you know, whatever you did to lose the weight, you need to kind of stay doing those things to keep it off. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so basically you're saying, too, it's it's a lifestyle change. It's not just, here, let's change what we're eating for two weeks, right. lose and, 10 pounds unhealthily. Well, and, right, because, you know, people really want the quick fix versus the long-term solution. Yeah. That's why when I work with people, I provide the long-term solution, and I say nutrition counseling and lifestyle coaching. Mm-hmm. I'm really coaching you on your lifestyle. I really coach people on their habits and the behaviors and their mindset mm-hmm. around food and eating. Like, for instance, I was working with I saw a client last night that I've been working with for just about a year. She's lost over 30 pounds, and she wants to lose more, and mm-hmm. so... All of a sudden, so she's recognizing that because she's lost 30 pounds before, she's lost 50 pounds before. Uh And she's now recognizing she gets to this point where she loses a certain amount of weight. 
and all of a sudden it's hard. And what she what she's doing is she's telling herself, and she said this is exactly her words. I am not capable of being in a room around a lot of food and not eating it. And I mm-hmm. well, there's the self-sabotage and there's the messaging that you start to give yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the messaging because of mm-hmm. course she's capable of being. <laughs> yes. Because, the, the, you know, no one's forcing the food down her throat, nor is it just jumping into her mouth voluntarily. Right. She's making right. the choice. But it's what she's telling herself in her head. Yep. That's having her giving, you know, I say she gave her power to the food rather than take her power back. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's ultimately you that monitors what you put into your body. Right. Um, but it's, you know, people do, and what I'm hearing from her is that She's saying, I'm helpless to this problem. Um, Which is so interesting because for the whole year we were working together, I mean, there was nothing, you know, I believe in not cutting out food groups. So there's nothing people can't eat when they work with me unless medically or physically or, or, or personally they prefer not to eat certain things. Yes. So it's not like she's been deprived or she didn't have, you know, dessert or a glass of wine or whatever the case may be as we... We went along, but all of a sudden now, because she is getting compliments and she did buy a new wardrobe, it's like, I, you know, she gets to the point where she undoes herself. And, you know, if we weren't working together, mm-hmm. you know, she'd be heading off in the wrong direction, listening to these thoughts in her head. Mm, I see. So what kind of tips might you have for listeners to about that kind of self-sabotage or those kinds of beliefs? You know, that they're powerless to uh, to the food that's in front of them. Yeah. Well, first you have to get really clear mm-hmm. and become aware of what those thoughts are. So oftentimes I'll say to clients, I want to know what's going on in your head. I want to know what the messaging, I want to know what you're, what you're telling yourself. So when you walked into to the kitchen at 10 o'clock at night, even though you knew you weren't hungry and you went to, you know, the freezer to get the ice cream, I want to know what you were thinking. Mm-hmm. Feel like if people actually know what they're telling themselves, that they're that for, and why they're doing what they're doing, because typically when people emotionally eat or stress eat, mm-hmm. once they eat, they kind of regret that they've done it. Yeah, always, <laughs> always, because they know the trajectory. You know that that goes to more weight, that goes to feeling awful, that goes to, you know. Exactly. So my uh, first my first line of defense is know what your messaging is. Become really aware of your habits and behaviors. So if you're somebody that eats dinner at 7.30 and by 8.30 or 9 o'clock you're back in the kitchen, is that hunger? Is that stomach hunger? Is that head hunger? Or is that just a habit? Do you just go on autopilot and go into the kitchen because now your favorite show is on and now it's time to eat X? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Or that you know you feel like that thing that you're going to eat is suddenly it's a, it's a reward for something, you know? Right. So, so. I always... People, it's, it's, it's less about the food. It's not about fixing or changing what it is that you eat. It's fixing your thinking around it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, the, the awareness process. Yeah, you know, that's so critical. And um, it's that way really with anything that you want to try to change in your life. First, you have to become mm-hmm. conscious of what are you doing in the first place? What are the things you've just been unconsciously doing? So that's, those are great tips. Um for listeners and here's what's so interesting I just finished um, I just wrapped up my group program for 2016 and one of the women she was you know super successful um, but when she called me she was literally 
the last one in. She was sitting on the fence. It was like, you know, that last chance email because the doors are closing and she was, you know, really beside herself and she didn't know what to do. And she's been on a million diets and she was 59 turning 60 and she was kind of feeling really rather desperate. Mm -hmm. So she took a leap of faith and she worked with me and, and the group that I had and you know, just in our last call on Monday night, she basically sounded, first of all, she sounded like she could have been coaching my group. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's great. This place of em empowerment and this voice. And she said, not only have I lost 20 pounds, she's like, it's changed. The work I've done has changed so many other aspects of my life. Yes. Not food and weight. And she said, you know, I am not the same person that called you six months ago. She's like, I'm just not. Yeah, she's never going to go back there either. Never going to go back there because it was just, she realized that by changing how she thought and it was all about the food and the quick fix. Yeah. And like you were just saying, it changed not just her relationship with food, but how she thinks about everything in her life. Yes, exactly. You know, I think it's when we go to, we set out to do anything that we want to change in our life, whether it be our relationships to other people or finances or any of that stuff, you have to do the personal development in order to really make the change last. And food is one of those places where I think a lot of people don't see that necessarily. They don't see that it's about the, the personal development and becoming consciously aware and um, unhinging your own patterns. It's, um, I think they, they kind of do want the quick fix. They want the, the diet that's going to make it happen. You know, and if they, would only, if they would only take the time, because here's what I tell people. What I do is a process, and it's the process of change. Yes. And change takes time. So I'm asking people to change their way of being around food and eating that they've known. Some people, I just did a survey to, to my community, mm -hmm. and more than 50% of people struggled with this their whole entire life. Yeah. And so in order to change that, you have to, you know, you, you know people owe it to themselves to give themselves the time mm -hmm. to go through the process and change it so they could finally stop struggling with it. I mean, um, one of the women in my group was 82 years old. Oh, wow. She just decided that she wanted to stop being an emotional eater, and she did phenomenal. Oh, and, great. Yeah. And so the truth is I want people to hear that they're never too old to start mm -hmm. and make the changes that they want in their lives. That's so true. I mean, you're, you can always develop yourself. Um, now, as a nutritionist and a coach, um, what do people – get when they work with you versus other nutritionists? Well, you know, I, I and I, I work with a lot of people who've already seen other nutritionists. And, mm -hmm. you know, typically, and this is what I learned when I was in school, you know, we talk about, you know, here's how much you should eat. And here's, you know, protein, fat and carbs and calories. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, they're, they're recommending these, you know, low calorie processed food snacks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which is kind of how we're taught, and it, it all sounds like a good thing, but, you know, the difference about what I do is, and though I do give, um, I don't call it a diet plan, it's a nutrition plan, because I give mm -hmm. my a plan based on the life that they lead. So everybody's life is different mm -hmm. from the time they wake up in the morning to the time they go to bed, but when, whether you're single or you've got a family and you eat by yourself or you eat within the family, and, you know, so it's really it's really personalized, but... You know, I'm working with so many clients who work with nutritionists and say, this is the part I didn't get. Mm 
We only worked on the food. We only talked about what I was eating. We didn't talk about my habits or my stuff from the past or why I eat or, or, you know, why do I keep gaining and losing weight? And so that's the stuff. So when you work with me, yeah, I'm a nutritionist, but I'm definitely going to go through what you eat. I believe in eating whole unprocessed foods. I don't like people to eat real food when they're snacking. I don't want to give them something from a bag or a box. Once in a while, everything's okay. And, you know, I come from like the moderation because I believe there's nothing you can't eat. So I don't tell my clients they could never have sugar. I don't tell my clients they could never have a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. You know, my motto is how much and how often in seven days. And oh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. everybody could kind of pay attention to your seven days. And you just need to have more good days than bad ones. Uh, yes. And you need to feed yourself well. And so, you know, it's really the mindset piece and the habit. And the, it's it's really about changing the relationship um, with yourself and the food that people don't get when they work with the nutritionist, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the difference. You know, we'll say it over and over and over again. Mindset is the most important thing when you want to make a big change in your life and really getting your weight under control is a big change. Um, the standard American diet is so set up for really set up for failure. Yeah. You know, quite honestly, it's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of unhealthy aspects for the standard American diet. And so, you know, what I've seen in the 17 years that I've worked with people is, you know, for myself included, when I changed how I started to eat, which kind of got me into the work that I did. Um, when you start eating really well and whole and healthy foods and you get rid of a lot of the processed stuff, your taste buds change. They do. <laughs> and you start to taste the food that's been there all along that's so amazing, like a tomato. You can't believe how delicious that thing tastes after what? you get the chemicals out of your palate. Yeah. It's really, it's, 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 I hear it all the time. And oftentimes, you know, and especially with um, in the last six months within the people that I've been working with in my group, and if they do eat some of the old stuff, like the, the processed stuff that they used to eat, it doesn't taste that good to them anymore. Mm-hmm. It's true, yeah. Yeah, you start to notice textures in those foods too, like the oils and things will like coat the roof of your mouth and you didn't even realize that that was happening or um, they'll leave a, a taste, an aftertaste that you didn't even realize was there. Yeah, it's such, it's such an aha moment when you actually start to notice that stuff. Yeah, and I think, well, actually, this is a, an important discussion, uh, and I have this question for you, is that when, when people are making that palate adjustment switch, um, how do you coach them through that? Well, you know, here's the thing. It's because I don't, you know, I, I believe in putting things in versus taking things out. So, you know, I try to get them to eat, you know, throughout the day. I'm a big believer in combining protein and carbohydrates. Um, so people stay fuller longer and it controls their, their blood sugar, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, but it's not to say, you know, it's, it's not like they're not having a little something of what they want, but so as, as their palate's changing, they're just, they're just replacing things that they were eating with other versions of what they like. So for instance, if somebody was eating like a peanut butter protein bar every day for a snack, they're now having some natural peanut butter on a banana or an apple. You know, they're eating real food or they're having a, you know, a a one ounce piece of real cheese with a piece of fruit or, you know, with carrots and celery or some cut red and yellow peppers or, you know, they're replacing foods that they typically like with with real food. And and so I don't I don't suggest people eat anything they don't like. So if somebody tells me they don't like Greek yogurt, well, then it doesn't go in your plan because I'm not going to make you eat something just because I think it's healthy for you and it's going to help you lose weight. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know what I mean? So I absolutely often here there's actually clients that they eat these 
particular fiber crackers that I heard from a lot of clients that, you know, they were told by somebody to eat these fiber crackers. So I went out and I bought them myself, myself uh-huh. and they were, they were horrible. And I was like, how does anybody eat this stuff? But <sighs> yeah, well, you should eat this. It'll help you lose weight. People are going to eat it. And so I don't believe in doing stuff like that. So people are kind of liking what they're eating as they go along. Well, I think there's something, too, that's deep in the psychology about eliminating or or being forced to eat something that tastes awful, um, that that makes people not want to do it. I mean, nobody wants to do that, and that's... It's, well, I don't think it's a healthy. What, what, what's interesting is that I have clients that do that will eat it and they don't really enjoy it that much. But in in the quest for the weight loss, kind of do you know they'll they'll do it because it's you know when you go to somebody and you take somebody's advice and that's what they're telling you to do, you know oftentimes that's what you do if you think it's going to get you to where you want to be. But I just think there's a better way to do it, and I don't think people should have to eat things they don't like or they don't enjoy just because I think it might be a way for them to lose weight. So when I work with clients, it's really important for me to know what they eat and what they don't eat because I don't want somebody eating something. Because for me, the big picture, here's the big when I work with people, I, they need to make it a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is how I want them to eat for the rest of their life. Right. So it's important that they find things that they like. It's important that they, you know, eat foods that they like. And, and, and when they choose to eat it and we work on that is really based upon what their life is like and everybody's life is, is different. So, you know, the, the big thing for me is not only do I want to help them lose weight in a, in a healthy way, but I, more importantly, I want them to change their thinking while they're losing the weight. So when the weight's gone, they think differently and the weight doesn't come back. Exactly. Those are all great uh, ways to look at this problem that so many people are trying to have solved. <laughs> so yeah. there's a great, great need for the work that you're doing in the world. So uh, what do people need to do to get started with you? The best thing to do is go to my website, which is lisagoldbergnutrition.com. I've got a um, calendar link. It's, you'll see a little Vesita calendar pop up, and you can schedule a um, complimentary um, 30-minute breakthrough strategy call with me. And so, or they could shoot me, if they're not, you know, tech savvy, they could shoot me an email at lisa at lisagoldbergnutrition.com and get in touch with me there. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, and I meant to ask you this. Do you have any free gifts for people? Or Yeah, if they go to my website um, at lisagoldbergnutrition.com, if they opt in, they could get my motivational weight loss guide. And so there's a series of questions to help people get started. And there's also over 20 recipes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, wow. That's great. That, that people can use to get them on their way. Wonderful. Helpful, helpful. It's, well, and like you said, it's good to have the recipes, but... Remember, you need to have the mindset to carry it out and keep it going. <laughs> so, right, you know, and if people have, if people have the recipes to get started, and then the, and then they you know get to the grocery store and they're planned with what they need, it's kind of easier for them to stay the course. So, planning and being prepared is is key to oh, yeah, helping yeah. helping helping lock that mindset in place. Absolutely. So, and so, if there are people that are interested in your approach, how can they work with you? What's the best way? Well, there's two ways that they could work with me. I do I do private coaching, and if they're here in New York, I live in New York City. If they're here in New York, I could see them in person, or I coach people virtually around the world. I have clients in Australia, across mm-hmm. the country. Um, they could work with me privately by Skype, 
or I have a, I actually have an, another online group program starting in March of 2017. Um, I had a hugely successful group this past time. People loved working. I have a couple of coaches that work with me, and people loved the community support. They loved having you know three coaches to support them, okay. um, and people were really really successful. And they they like the community. They like. Um, you know, the accountability and, and being part of a group. So, you know, if people are interested in my next group program, please email me um, at Lisa, at Lisa, Lisa Goldberg Nutrition or schedule a call with me on my calendar because, as I said, that group is starting March 1. Okay, and is that something you do once a year, twice a year? It's it's something I usually do once a year, but I'm actually thinking of starting it twice a year. Only I haven't um, planned that yet. But okay. right now, you know, this 2017, we're we're definitely getting started in 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 March of 2017. Wonderful. Okay, that's that's great. So these are all great resources for people. So I'm really excited to be bringing this information from you to the community. So. Um, and, and also, if people want to get an idea of you know what my coaching is like and how I coach, mm-hmm. um, a good way for them to do that, just as an aside, I just wrote a book called Food Fight. Oh, I saw that on your website. That looks oh. awesome. I love that title. <laughs> well, Food Fight, Winning the Battle with Food and Eating to Achieve Sustainable Weight Loss, and it's on Amazon. Um, and they could download it right now. It's only in Kindle form, but they could you know buy it and or download the free Kindle app and get a good dose of Lisa Goldberg Nutrition Coaching right there. Wonderful. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, okay, and I just have one last question for you, really, is uh, what, what advice would you like to leave listeners with? What do you think is the most important thing for them to know to get started on their weight loss journey, their permanent weight loss journey because a lot of people I know have been on this roller coaster for decades well I I think really the most important thing that I can leave people with is to for them to not go into 2017 planning another diet or a quick fix or a quick cleanse or something like that Mm -hmm. I think they should go into 2017 really paying attention or, or you know write it down you know keep a diary keep a thought journal um pay pay attention to am I hungry and that's really the, the one question that I, I work with with all my clients that leads into everything. The first question should be, am I hungry? And if I'm not physically hungry, what is this that's causing me to feel like I want to eat? Keep your thought journal and become really, really aware of your habits and behaviors around food and eating and the messaging you're giving yourself. Because it all starts there. Because you can go on another diet in 2017 and follow a plan or do a quick cleanse. But if you don't really fix your thinking around it, Mm-hmm. That will just come back. So, so you know, please, um, you know, pay attention to your mindset in 2017. Great, excellent. Thank you so much for all of your wonderful advice and for the work that you're doing in the world, changing it, making it a better place. Yeah, well, I'm trying. And thank you, Meg. Thank you so much for having me here today. You're so welcome. And listeners, thank you so much for listening to learning about diet and 
permanent weight loss with Lisa Goldberg. And if you have chronic illness or persistent symptoms like a skin rash or migraines or cough, recurring infections, joint pain, other chronic pain, it could be something in your diet, your in your environment, or in your emotional life, or maybe all of the above that's making you and keeping you sick. So my programs can help you heal yourself in mind, body, and soul, much like I did for myself when I healed my own irritable bowel syndrome, ulcers, migraines, chronic sinus, ear and throat infections, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, depression, and most recently brain and nervous system injuries from being struck by lightning. So I have a ton of resources for you, like Lisa Goldberg, um, to help you get well, um, including you know all the wonderful people in this podcast series and my private community on Facebook called Get Well Now, uh, blogs, recipes, and resources just to help you get well. So remember, food can kill you or food can heal you. The choice is up to you. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope this podcast has helped you get well now. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.